You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If in this spooky, spooky month of October. There you go, folks. It's <laughs> it's definitely October, and uh, you know what? Comic books have never really shied away from... I mean, at one point in time, monster comic books were the thing. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I remember growing up, you loved Halloween... And you love Christmas. Why? Because they would do themes. Mm-hmm. They would try to like, hey, let's do all this stuff. Let, let's time it up perfectly so that would happen. So that's why you would hope, and especially like when DC called it out with fifth week events, you wanted that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh man, I hope this happens. And and then they would. They'd have these great fun stories. And you know, how do you not love when superheroes trade powers or wear different costumes yeah. <laughs> in the comic books themselves? You know, it was just awesome stuff. And, and, and just like I. I know Marvel did at one point because they had a whole line of, well, whatever Marvel was called at the time, a whole line of horror comics. Yeah. Like Tales from the Crypt, but not Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. Probably the Atlas era, I think. Is that like what the it was? The 50s and 60s. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, but, and I assume, I mean, obviously we see the after effects or the more aftershocks of DC's horror characters and stuff that we were probably going to be talking about this, this month. Month. Um, but, Swamp Thing would definitely be a aftershock from the monster oh, comics yeah. and stuff well, like that. I've always alluded to, I've always thought, so Dead Man, if I remember correctly, was created in 67. Mm-hmm. So obviously with Dr. Frederick Wertham's Seduction of the Innocent, you know, they were like, hey, you know, we got to shut down whatever that was. I think you just said the name, but like, you know, Crime Does Pay and all those, you know, morbid comics. Right. So when he shut that that part of the industry down, everybody had to be like, okay, we can't do spooky supernatural stuff. And I feel that those creators of Dead Man were like, no, we still want to do stuff. So it's like, well, okay, you know, here's an acrobat who dies, but let's just put a little D on him, and now he's a superhero. Now he's a superhero, yeah. Know? I mean, we're definitely we've been in and have been in for a long time the the superhero age of comic books. However, nowadays you can get a comic book for any genre that you want. It's, oh, yeah. They're out there. Yeah, but, grim fairy tales. They're very big into doing. I mean, yes, there's a lot of cheesecake art in there right. as well, but you know, uh, but yeah, the, all of it's back all all forms of you know true crime comics true crimes or, or romantic comics or you know stuff like that because like i mean something we're gonna we're gonna have to do that we're gonna have to do a deep dive into the different eras of comic books because we have you know you have the straight up crime stories you yes. have the true the true true west stories or whatever you know the western true stories yeah. of outlaws and stuff like that and then you have uh i don't know more like titans of industry kind of things it's probably where you're gonna get your Iron Man's eventually to come oh, yeah. from, so like that. But yeah, I mean, comic books have always been around. This is superhero comics is probably the 
newest part of it or the well, most, it, the biggest part now? Yeah, like that science fiction-y part too, mm-hmm. you know, because it's funny, I was thinking back and I was like, man, you know, in the 50s and 60s, it was smart people who were superheroes, you know, yeah. like scientists, Dr. Donald Blake, Dr. Reed Richards, you know, Dr. Bruce Banner, you know, it's like, man, all these guys are crazy smart, you know. <laughs> Luckily, it was Peter Parker who was like, I got bit by a spider. <laughs> I'm not a doctor yet. <laughs> not yet. Well, never will be. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> But, you know, and then, uh, like, just thinking about science fiction, like, look at Adam Strange. Adam Strange is essentially John Carter of Mars. Oh, yeah. They made it into Adam Strange of uh, Rand. Well, even probably some hints of Flash Gordon as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, do we, and then you have Flash Gordon itself as a comic yeah. book. Yeah. So, you know, the iterations are all, all there, and uh, I guess, you know, October is just a month that we kind of pay more, a little bit more homage to the, the horror the comics. The spooky side of The things, spooky yeah. side of stuff. Well, that's when it's neat because that's when you have, you know, your your werewolves and your invisible men and your Frankenstein stuff coming about, you know, because like right now, I think if I remember correctly, Marvel, not Marvel, DC with their Justice League Dark book is crossing over with Wonder Woman and they're kind of doing like the Wonder Witch or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a neat idea, you know. And, you know, and I, w- I would say probably one of the biggest characters to come out of DC's... Uh Spooky side, magical side, would probably be John Constantine, right? Oh yeah, like he's, he's got his own movie. He got him. He got a TV show. He's going to be f- featured heavily this season of Legends of Tomorrow. Right. He's in every iteration of Justice League Dark now. Uh, even if he's in Batman Damnation, he's in <laughs> Batman. Dam- that's right. I didn't even think about that. He's a he's a big part of that. I mean, would you say he's the equivalent to Marvel? Like he's DC's. Doctor Strange? So it's funny. I always went... So in my symmetry, I always think Doctor Strange, Doctor Fate. But mm. Doctor Fate is not nearly as popular or as... Or used. Is used. So I would say in modern times, then yeah, it's probably Doctor Strange, John Constantine. And even with Constantine, it's almost like they've... Are not sorry because of Constantine. That's why they've kind of made Doctor Strange a little bit more edgier as well. Because when they relaunched Doctor Strange for whatever that last phase of Marvel now, he was running around with an axe. He oh, went from yeah. having a goatee to the full beard, and you know he was kind of like, "Hey, I doubted myself," and that's why we had the whole damnation event because mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of lacking at what I do, so let me try to." mess with the arts in a bad way you know but it's a good guy trying to cross a bad line when constantine's always just been like i'm watching out for number one <laughs> that's know? true I don't give yeah. a shit about anything i've i've, ac- <laughs> I've uh, acquired all this knowledge to protect myself yeah, kind of exactly. more thing it's like oh if you're rolling with me you're okay but if you're not yeah who cares which then makes you think like the idea between the the line between him and felix faust is can't be that thin oh, God, or no. that thick yeah. it's, it's a really thin line is what i'm trying to say yeah no, those two are peas in a pod. <laughs> but Felix Faust, he's who's he designed after? No one knows. John Constantine, who he's who's he designed Sting. after? Sting. That's how you make your characters you awesome. Go. I'm gonna create a character and I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna design him after Jay Z. <laughs> Just rake in the money. There you go. There Pick you a go. popular musician. <laughs> and then you get Keanu Reeves, which yep. actually I enjoy that movie. You know, people, I like the movie. Yeah, I think it was great. Uh, I'm sad that I missed out in the show, but. In in terms of the looks and casting, it looks like they did a great job. They did. I did. I did like that show too. I I thought NBC was uh, not smart to not keep it going. I mean, they already had a hit, um, supernatural esque show on with that grim, right? So it seems like 
the obvious thing would be to put those two shows together on the same night and make it a block, but they decided to split them up, and it's like, okay, well, you're kind of hurting yourself, but sure. And that's why they're NBC. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, we're going to be talking this week, specifically, we're going to give our listeners a one-on-one rundown on a team that doesn't really have a name. <laughs> an event that made a team so they could name an event because they needed a team name. <laughs> <laughs> in a roundabout way, we call them the Midnight Suns. Yes. In the end, that's the cool name <laughs> because they contain the Spirits of Vengeance. But yes, we're going to give you a nice 101 about the Midnight Suns and we'll explain why we chose the Midnight Suns. Cool. Uh, before that, let's go ahead and get to our spinner rack for this week. Okay, so here it is, October. You're going to have to save a lot of money, but here's how you can spend some of it this Wednesday. So from DC Comics, we will have Adventures of the Super Sons, issue 3 of 12. Um, <clears throat> the whole reason this maxi series exists is because because people loved it. So if you want some more Super Sons, do yourself a favor, pick it up. It's not too far in. You could probably still get issues two and one. That's funny. I, I thought we were further along than issue three with that already. It kind of felt like it. Yeah. You know, it kind of did. Like I was like, oh, aren't, aren't, shouldn't we be at the halfway point? But, I thought so too. But again, it's probably the solicits that throw us off. Correct. On the yeah. Newsstand. Uh, Batman issue 56 will be out. That'll be exploring the ramifications of what happened in Batman issue 55 with Nightwing getting shot in the head are probably, I'd say, grazed is a better way to yeah. say that. Grazed by the KGB beast. KG beast. There we go. Um, and what's going to be interesting about this month from DC Comics, their variants, their cover Bs, will actually, or actually, I apologize, maybe it's their cover A. One of their covers will have like a holographic, holographic foil to them. Okay. So they'll project an image and they'll have a little bit more of a... Uh, a sparkly background, I guess, is a good way. <laughs> shiny, shiny comic books are back. Shiny. Yeah. So that'll be actually that'll be all the cover A's for all your books there. Um, so either way, both covers for that are very beautiful. The the main cover will be by Tony Daniel, which will have the sparkly effect, and then Francisco Matina will be doing a cover B, which has Nightwing and Batman on it. Um, but if you don't want artists to draw for you, DC is going to be releasing these blank comic books. So there will be a Batman blank comic book. So it's just going to be a blank comic book. It's comic book pages stapled together with just the Batman logo and a UCP on it. And that's it. Wait, it's wait. It's up to you like to draw the, whatever you want. It, on the inside or just on the, the cover? the whole entire thing. What? Yep. How much, how much am I supposed to pay for that? $2.99. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but what? Hey, those are good staples. <laughs> well, you know what? Though? Honestly, that isn't a bad price. But what sucks is the fact that there's a label on it. Because... I remember one time going to uh, one of the bigger comic shops in Phoenix and they would have their own area, you know, like comic, like learn how to write comics, learn how to uh, draw comics, all that type of stuff. And they used to sell you basically like a 16 page blank comic book so you could draw your own panels and do your own comic. And I thought they were neat, but I think I got like two for ten dollars or something like that because i did buy one and i was like oh because my plan is i'd love to save it and then next time when i really start hitting the conventions have somebody draw something on a page and try to see if i could make like a linear thing out of it or a team book or something i don't know but so it's not a bad price point 
But at the same time, when you sit down and think about it, you're like, wait, I'm doing what for what now? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's out there. <laughs> uh, but continuing on all things Batman, we have Batman Night Quest, The Crusade, Volume 2. So, this will complete the rest of John Paul Valley's time as as Batman in his Asbats costume. Uh, and that was a wild set. I mean, he was a very brutal Batman. And if I remember correctly, I think in this trade, we see Asriel confront the joker and the joker actually calls him out on it. he's like you're not batman mm. you're not buying you're not worth my time so very interesting now i remember reading uh books back then and uh i believe i was collecting superman and this was the return of superman after he came back from the dead and he shows up in gotham to talk to Oh, Superman Who, issue 83. Is that what I it is? Love it. The funeral for a friend epilogue, yeah. And he goes to talk to who he believes is his friend Batman, but then right. he realizes it's not Batman. And I think that he couldn't see through the, the costume at the time. And Asriel's inner monologue is like, should I tell him I'm not Bruce or, or what? Did that happen in Batman comics, do you know? Did, did, Superman- did they ever show it the reverse way? Yeah. Like- so I think... When Superman was going through the death, they did have Batman come over to the Superman comics again. Um, in the Batman comics, the best you saw was Superman and Rob. Or sorry, in the Batman comics, the best you saw was Batman and Robin wearing the black armband signifying the death of Superman. Mm. But at that time, the DC offices were so entrenched in their own, they didn't really bring anybody over. So Because, again, that's a hard part where it's like, well, if Superman does come to Gotham... Why is he not doing more? So I think that's why the Bat books didn't really address it. Mm. Um, With that that issue you're talking about, Superman 83, um, that one, you know, Superman basically flies over and he's like, hey, we're going to go to the meeting spot. Do you want to come? And Gene Paul's like, shit, 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 shit. Uh, (laughs) No, I can't go. I have to protect my city. And then he runs away. Uh, He's doing his best Bruce impersonation. So, yeah. But I always remember that issue. As I tell you what, if I could do collected editions, I would put that issue right before Green Lantern 48, before Emerald Twilight. Because if you read that, you see kind of how going through the stages of grief. And it makes Emerald Twilight more instead of it just, you know, like the death and return of Superman. Gazillions of issues. Batman, Nightfall, Night Quest, Night's End. Gazillions of issues. Green Lantern, Emerald Twilight. Three. <laughs> we destroyed a whole Green Lantern Corps in three issues. But Batman getting his back broken deserves at least 13 parts before it happens. Now, we're both fans of uh, the Batman the Animated Series from the 90s. Yes, I do acquire it, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, you know, now that I have that DC Universe app, I might have to go and rewatch some episodes. But I don't, I, I know that the show itself makes reference to the breaking of Batman's back. A few times, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, it does. Um, they never actually show Nightfall, and Nightfall never actually happens, if I if I remember correctly. Well, I remember. I thought the cool one was, so when Bane first appeared on Fox, because uh-huh. back when Batman the Animated Series was on Fox, right. he looked hokey. Like, the fact that they had the exposed nose, I was like, oh, oh yeah, it yeah, just yeah. looks awful. And he was a hired gun, because I think it was Rupert Thorne. Mm. brought him to America to be like, oh, you know, fight Batman. But when they moved to Kids WB, oh, my God, that one episode where Barbara got doused with fear gas and she thought she either died or got paralyzed. Mm. So then Jim Gordon is like, 
releasing Bane to go hunt down Batman. I remember that, yeah. Oh my God, that's when it was like, okay, now we're finally seeing Bane. <laughs> <laughs> but I, they definitely, I know they alluded to it. They'd always have that homage of him picking him up and either Batman would escape or, but I think in that episode, he did slam him down. But, like he, he but you don't the, get the whole yeah, nightfall. You don't get the nightfall stuff now. So what it was bringing me to is that, you know, the Batman the animated series never you know, has an episode where you see uh, my character, John Paul Valley. You know? No, Asriel, you know, Asriel never shows up in the no animated series. The DC animated you shows, maybe in the animated comics, but not the shows. Wow, I didn't think about that. Which, but then again, you know, I never read the Batman or the other. What's the ones that came after that? Oh, the, the, well, the, yeah, there was the or was it Batman Strikes? Batman Strikes. Yeah, yeah, Batman then, Strikes, and then. Um, I don't think we oh and then Batman Brave and the Bold they did that one, but Brave and the Bold to me felt like it was more just like hey let's have a DC show but we'll call it under Batman so that way people will watch it right um, and I don't think we've had a Batman solo show since well we Batman had there was there was the Batman I well yeah that, that was one. the one because that was so you're I'm sorry it was the Batman but the tie-in comic was called the Batman Strikes oh okay so that's how that went so yeah you know if they're gonna start up another Batman show I would I wouldn't mind if they threw in. Asriel in there at least once. Well, I'll tell you what. I hope, and I mean, it, it, I so, okay, the whole what DC animated movies, whatever that department is, mm -hmm. I love what they do sometimes, and then I get really frustrated by what they do. <laughs> so their first movie was Superman Doomsday, right? Right. And it was creepy as hell because it's like, oh, let's have that weird part with Luther, you know, talking to his clone of Superman <laughs> and, and all that. And it was like, oh, man, that's your first one. You stumbled. But they caught themselves. I mean, you know, like their new Frontier adaptation is beautiful. Oh, that they is have a great plenty book, of other movie. Ones. Um, then, you know, they did their whole, Hey, we'll do the new 52 as well. And, and you know, which like, one I think was great after the new 52 changeover that, that they didn't go any further with was, uh, Aquaman sort of Atlantis. I thought that was a great animated movie. Yeah. They did a good job with that. And I think it would have been smarter than, you know, the throne of Atlantis and then, you know, do whatever it was like, yeah, the rise of the seven seas or something like that. Cause even in the comics, we've been promised an Aquaman event and it just didn't happen. That's true. You know? So it's like, Oh man, I wish they would have done something there. Um, but I, I think, with DC revisiting the death of Superman, and then we're going to get the sequel, The Return of Superman. I hope this does well enough that somebody finally says, hey, let's do a Batman trilogy. Let's Nightfall. do Nightfall, Night's End, or sorry, Nightfall, Night Quest, Night's End. That would be smart on their end, their part. I mean, why not? They yeah. always try and do a Batman one anyways. They might as well... Batman do, will sell. This is a huge story. Do the, one of their biggest stories for Batman yeah. out there. And then someday... in. 10 years within the next 10 years we'll get the kingdom come animated movie which God, i've wish. been wanting forever yeah because i i feel like the animated movie the animated universe is the only way to do it you can't do that oh, movie yeah. in the in a live action no you couldn't because the special effects would be ridiculous the amount of actors and actresses the amount of, you oh need, my goodness like the paycheck alone like if we're blown away by the price tag for avengers three and four <laughs> where it's like you could change a nation with that money <laughs> yeah kingdom come you could change the world i, could, I mean <laughs> i assume a lot of people would want like uh crisis on infinite earths you know adapted and stuff like that which i wouldn't mind watching i'd watch it but yeah. i really want kingdom come yeah i like, know i'd rather kingdom come i think it's a better element i think it's a way better story i mean you know i i love crisis on infers not love it i like it but kingdom come that's the way to go all right new dc universe streaming app you give me 
a, a maxi series that let me do it for you know uh let me i don't know 12 one hour animated episodes throughout the the whole year whatever however you want to put it and i will do kingdom come as a 12 part mini series maxi series that's what they should do honestly if they were smart like okay you could put it on the app release it in 15 minutes right so you do your 15 minute ones so it was a four issue series so i'd say do each issue in 15 minute blocks Mm -hmm. so that means each issue gets four 15 minute episodes so there's an hour and then you put the whole thing together and you have the whole kingdom come story boom yeah Damn, DC, come on, hire me. There you go. There's two brilliant <laughs> ideas. <laughs> I'm right. helping your app, and I'm getting you a trilogy of animated Batman films. <laughs> Which you don't even have to think about anymore. Yep. <laughs> okay, what well, was the next thing? Anyways, so, all right, so this is a tough sell because I want you to read the story, but I don't want you to buy this edition, but I'm going to mention it anyways. Batman, the White Knight trade paperback. Ooh. So there's been a lot of great talk. We, we now know there's the sequel coming, which Mitch literally jumped over his house because of <laughs> Azrael's involvement. He will be um, involved, which Sean Gordon Murphy talked to me on Twitter about it. No kidding. Well, not about that. Kind of about that. Because I, I asked him, I was like, hey, because he was doing like a, an AMA, and I was like, hey, why is it that you decided to make uh, Dick Grayson the second Robin and Jason Todd the first in your, in your White Knight book? And he was like... I really wanted to kill Jason Todd in, or have the moment where Jason Todd's dead. And it, and to me, it makes more sense to have him be the first Robin than the second one. Really? Yeah. I think it'd be the other sense, way around. Because yeah, I think like, okay, with, with Dick and Bruce walking away from each other, that's why Bruce would take in another kid. And, but I mean, if you have a kid who's dead, I think he would be so reluctant. And by, I mean, by the time you get to White Knight, obviously he's done being Robin and decided to be uh, Nightwing, Nightwing yeah. so it makes sense that he, when he gave it up, someone else, but that's yeah. just, that was his answer, so. There you go. Interesting, but yeah, so, well, but this is tough, because, like, I mean, it's, I think we both agreed we did an episode on this. White Knight was a great story. It's just, it's fun. It's its own corner. It's its own universe. The rules are being built as you play, so it's fantastic. You know, there's a sequel coming. There's a sequel. I was going to say, yeah, yeah and, and if that's the story they wanted to do for this uh, Todd Phillips Joker movie, I would have been okay, <laughs> but that's not what they're doing. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but anyways, the reason I wouldn't recommend Rush, and it sucks because you can't have one without the other. You want the numbers to be good, but this trade's going to be tough to buy because this won't be the one that is black label, uncensored, or whatever it is. Mm. Because even though you and I bought the comics, there was some stuff that was cut out. Mm-hmm. So you want to get that extra bit of story, the director's cut, or whatever you want to call it. But this is not the trade that'll be in. So if you missed it and you want to support the artist, go and buy it. If you have the comics and you want the extra, I'd say wait and then buy the Black Label edition. So, I mean, it's your money. Spend it how you wish, but hopefully that helps you to be informed. Uh, let's see. Moving along. Green Arrow 45 is going to kick me in the butt because I didn't realize this is a Heroes in Crisis tie-in Tie issue. So, uh, if you've read Heroes in Crisis, you know which characters get murdered, um, and then Green Arrow is going to be having his say in this situation. Um, I don't want to spoil it because we'll probably spoil it in a couple minutes, so I will make you wait. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next issue coming up on my list here is Green Lanterns, issue 56. So this is Dan Jurgens taking over the Green Lantern Corps and giving it swan song before Grant Morrison takes it over. This book has been a slow burn because this story has been going on since issue 50. Wow. And I think we still have issue 57 to go. But it's exciting because it's like Hank Henshaw has taken over the central power battery and he's infected all the rings. But there's one ring he can't get to because it's Hal's 
and that's the ring that Hal made himself. So I'm glad somebody finally remembered that and is talking about it. So did I read in the solicits for uh, what's the new book going to be called? Uh, the Green Lantern. The Green Lantern. Yes. Which is going to be Hal. Yes, because he's the Green Lantern. <laughs> but I don't. And I don't know if technically if this is a spoiler or not. But so you know, don't listen for the next thirty seconds. But <laughs> he's going to lose his ring that he made. I think so. That's what it sounds like. That's what it seems like. But again, I'm going to state this. It could be no offense, but it could be ignorance on the part on the side on the marketing side on the part of Grant Morrison. Oh, okay. Because you know they come up to Grant. Hey, do you want to write this? Yeah. Have you been reading it? No. <laughs> what do you know about Green Lantern? I'll go read Showcase in the 1960 comics, and then I'm going to write a book since then. You know, I mean, obviously he knows Kyle, and you know he'll probably remember the 90s, but you know. I don't know if Grant Morrison even knew how Jordan... Be- well, no, he does know how he became the Spectre. So, I mean, he might not know anything post-New 52. Right. So that's where it could just be one of those plot points that gets dropped. Or maybe, you know, Dan Jurgens is like, hey, maybe Hal has to sacrifice his ring in order to save the Green Lantern Corps. I don't know. Okay. But, yeah, I was thinking that, too. I was like, huh, because I was reading those preview pages, and I was like, this seems interesting. This doesn't seem like Hal's ring. Well, it's a, he even. I mean, it says something about the guardians make making him give up his ring or something like that. I don't yeah. remember. Other oh, jerks like that. Those, yeah, the guardians are jerks. <laughs> All right, let's see. Moving along, uh, Injustice Two Issue Thirty Five. This will be the second to last issue in this volume, and I state volume because I hope they give us more because Injustice is fantastic. Uh, Justice League Number Nine will be out, which, if I remember correctly, will be part of that crossover I was talking about. So I'm just going to jump to that issue now. We will have a Wonder Woman Justice League crossover, so it'll begin with Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark Witching Hour. So what's going to be neat is it's going to be it's going to have it's like an alpha book and an omega book and then it'll alternate between Justice League and Wonder Woman in the middle of it. So it might be like a six-part miniseries that takes place during a five-week five-week event mm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, cuz it is a five-week month. So, yeah, it's either six or seven parts. So, yeah, definitely pick it out there and don't be confused because at the end of the month they're going to put out a book that's going to be called Justice League and Wonder Woman Dark Witching Hour number one. And you're going to be like, wait, didn't I buy this? No, so come back and listen to this episode again so I can tell you what I'm telling you now. <laughs> this is like me as the Flash bursting through your TV to tell you stuff that probably won't matter later. <laughs> probably won't. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so yeah, so that's out there. Um, Justice League, the Dark Side War Essential Edition trade paperback. So they're doing these trades that are basically a full-on great collected edition, the essential version of the book. Now, I have the omnibus, and I love it, and I'm pretty sure this trade will be that printing, but with the softer cover. I highly recommend it. I loved the Dark Side War because, again, talking about like heroes exchanging powers and costumes and stuff, this is like, all right, the Justice League are going to get new god powers. What will they be like? You know, So that's why I definitely enjoyed that one. Um, Nightwing will be celebrating its 50th issue and I'm sure this will be definitely talking about Nightwing's new hairstyle since he got grazed in the head so that'll be a pickup issue Um, and if you didn't like the Batman blank comic that's okay because Superman the blank comic issue one will be out as well so you can definitely get yourself that and since it is October and we're talking about things spooky Swamp Thing the Bronze Age Omnibus Volume 1 trade paperback will be out so this is the Swamp Thing that we know we love and we care about because because this is when he was just spooky groovy and doing all the wild stuff from back in that era. Um, and then 
then, oh, in case you don't like Batman the blank comic or Superman the blank comic, there is Wonder Woman the blank comic. So you can choose from the Trinity which cover you want to have the logo display. And then just to make sure you're really getting enough Wonder Woman in your diet, Wonder Woman Earth One Volume 2, the hardcover, will be out as well. Um, I Honestly, I feel bad. I did not read the... Uh, Wonder Woman Earth One Volume One. I didn't read that one. Um, I didn't really I did. hear good reaction though. I don't know what what were your thoughts. It was okay. I I, I thought it was an interesting story. Um, it doesn't really deviate all that much from the standard Wonder Woman story. Like you kind of do. So with it's the, more like just Wonder Woman in modern world, basically. The, and actually, I don't even know if it's modern or not. I feel like they they didn't even go modern. I think they they went back to like the fifties or something. Oh wow! But I need to reread it. I, I I could be th- I could be reading, remembering that wrong. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, I I kind of guess I would be more interested in what happens in uh, issue two of that if they ever make it, or is it volume two? Volume two, but it's basically yeah, issue two, and that one's going to be interesting because it, it's it's pretty much just dealing with like her with like celebrity endorsement and whatnot mm. if i remember correctly that makes sense it's grand morrison so it's gonna be crazy <laughs> so what about with these blank issues what if it's just a giant troll like what if the they're for since it's october they came up with this like kind of Trick thing or treat book? <laughs> well it's like a book it's and it looks blank but if you like get it near heat or something and don't burn it but you get it near heat and it activates some ink and you see a, a whole story like a classic story or something or uh, maybe it's a story that all three of them cross over with you're being too kind i'm being really kind <laughs> but that I'm would just be selling awesome, me right? a paper book and you're like no let's let's make it something <laughs> so only the people that like were really dedicated and bought the book that was completely blank are gonna get this story <laughs> Oh, that's nice. <laughs> no, I mean, I wish, but, you know. Hey, right. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> oh, let's see. And I'm going to sneak in some independent stuff this time, so I'm going to be selfish. Uh, these are some books that I want to promote. <clears throat> so John Wick has his own five-issue miniseries coming out of Dynamite Entertainment. So if you missed out, the first issue is going to be getting a second printing. Uh, it's pretty good. It's just a nice adventure. Don't try to tie it in because, honestly, I think the first movie stands great as it is. The sequel, I, I kind of have mixed emotions on it because it's forced into a third movie, which is forcing a trilogy. But, you know, this is just great to get to see some more of the character. Uh, and then Lone Ranger returns. We're getting a third volume, so we're going to get an issue number one. You know, I got to say, when Dynamite took over the Lone Ranger, that's some good stuff right there. Uh, those those stories have been great. Uh, they've been very grounded and just a lot of fun stuff in them. So in this one, um, we're basically going back to, you know, 1883, um, and we're just going to see what the hell's happening. You know, a lot of people are getting hurt. So the Lone Ranger's got to step up. And it's great because it's the Lone Ranger against bigger business. And this was a world without rules and laws. You know, it was if you have the gold, you have the rule. So I just I love that how grim and gritty it is. So, uh, you know, if you can get rid of the nasty taste of that Lone Ranger movie from Disney, this is the way to go. Or if you want to bring back the Lone Ranger and respect him again, that's definitely the way to go. And let's see. Moving along from Marvel Comics, um, Amazing Spider-Man issue two is getting its third printing. I've been enjoying this first arc. I highly recommend it to you. 
As Guardians of the Galaxy issue two. So this is kind of a neat one mixing the idea of Thor and the Asgardians with Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think it's been kind of neat. Uh, I flipped through the first issue. I didn't mind it so much. Avengers issue six will be getting a second printing. Uh, Avengers, the first story arc, which was called The Final Host, will be getting a trade paperback. So if you missed out on the conclusion, only get the second printing of of issue six. If you missed out the whole story, then just buy the trade. So hopefully that helped you. I didn't mind it. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. I felt it was kind of a slow arc. I, I didn't really like, oh, man, I was driven to it, you know. Uh, let's see. Captain America issue three gets a second printing. This one, this uh, uh, Teneste Coates, his volume so far has been pretty cool. Like, I'm very excited. Um, Cosmic Ghost Rider will be hitting issue number four. Champions will be celebrating their 25th issue. Uh, Deadpool will be hitting issue number five. Death of the Humans issue four of five will be out there. Doctor Strange issue four gets a second printing just in time for Doctor Strange issue six. Um, His new relaunch has actually been pretty good. Now, if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you want to get all the comics that happen in between the movies, Marvel has listened and they've reprinted everything in one giant omnibus. Wow. Um, This thing is really neat, but I wouldn't buy it. Why? Because they're just going to do more books later and it's going to irritate you knowing that you don't have a complete set. You'd you'd buy the second omnibus. Yeah, volume two. If they were to do it that way, I'd be in, but I just can't trust them enough. (laughs) Um, Let's see. If I'm looking at this correctly, you know, since you are going to be spending a lot of money at the comic shop, there is going to be a Marvel Universe magazine. So last year they did the Foom to basically kind of relaunch with the Marvel Legacy. This time they're going back and they're doing Marvel Universe. I love these. I need to find the creative behind them and thank them. I love these books. I mean, it's basically Wizard. Oh, okay. So it's not doing internal interviews. Is it like DC Nation? Exactly. Okay. I couldn't think of it. But yeah, Marvel Universe and DC Nation. Thank you, gentlemen and ladies and everyone involved who works on those books. They are fun. I enjoy them. Uh, Punisher issue one is getting a second printing. Shatterstar will get his own five issue miniseries. So one issue one wow. starts now. Yeah, right. We're digging deep. Yeah. Um, and this one's going to be a neat one. Speaking of digging deep and going back to a great idea, the Superior Octopus issue one will be out. So this is Doc Ock living inside a Peter Parker clone body that just, he's manipulated. That to he's or, look a little bit different. Uh, I don't. I, I, last I saw, he just did a different hairstyle. Is that what it is? Yeah, I don't know. But again, you know, to each their own. But I think that's great. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend this book. Thanos Legacy issue one will be getting a second printing. This ties into the Infinity Wars storyline, and I thought it was just a fun issue. So if you missed it the first time, this would definitely probably be a good time to get it. Uh, Tony Stark Iron Man will get an issue four. And then, again, to save some money or at least make your dollar go a little bit longer, we will be having some True Believers reprints. So True Believers, what if Jane Foster had found the Hammer of Thor? So this goes back to, like, the late 70s, early 80s when what ifs were first around. And they played with the idea that Jane became the Lady Thor. Mm. And it became an actual thing. So if you want to go back and add that to your collection, that would be great. But I assume in that story, it's more what if she found the walking stick instead of Donald Logue? Pretty much, yeah. And now, now it's, I mean... Obviously, the Jane Foster, Jane Foster that we have now is more Odin gives her the thing to, oh, to yeah. save She's her. worthy. And yeah. All that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the seed was there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, you're right. It's funny. They even had one where what if General Ross became the Hulk? And it's like, oh, my God, Red Hulk. <laughs> I, I mean, did not see that. How we got the MC2 was what if uh, 
That's true. Peter Parker's daughter had lived or something like that. That's very, very true. That's right. Yeah. What if Mayday Parker grew up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, True Believers, what if the Avengers had fought evil during the 1950s? So that one actually takes the the superheroes of the 1950s and makes them a team. Uh, that book actually kind of got absorbed into Marvel continuity because people liked that idea. The 3D Man and other various strange heroes did become part of Marvel continuity. So that was pretty cool. Uh <coughs> Excuse me. This is going to be a neat one. It's a nice little kind of in the background crossover. Uh, thanks to Iron Fist Season 2, Typhid Fever will be striking the Marvel oh, Universe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're going to have Typhid Fever Spider-Man number one. Uh, and if I remember correctly, I think they'll be doing an Iron Fist one-shot and an X-Men one-shot, and they're going to tie together for a storyline. So Typhid Fever is hitting New York City, and its, its street-level heroes are going to be doing something about it. So I'm excited for this one. Uh, Venom issue four will be getting a third printing, so that's really awesome. Uh, Web of Venom Vietnam issue one will be getting a second printing. West Coast Avengers number one will be getting a second printing. I don't know why, but that's my <laughs> taste. <laughs> um, what if Spider-Man number one? So the what if books are going to be back, and they're going to be kind of playing with a theme this month. Uh, definitely, in my opinion, it feels like it's in the vein of Halloween. So this is where what if the spider didn't bite Peter Parker. Instead, it gets uh, Flash Thompson. So that'll be kind of interesting because here's the guy with all the flash and none of the responsibility. Then there will be what if X-Men, and this is basically kind of like, it, it plays on the idea that it's .exe, .execute, if I remember, like for my computer code. Okay. So it's basically going to be kind of more like a digital X-Men. I don't know. That one's going to be a tough sell for me for sure. Uh, this one's going to be a neat one. X-Men Black. So Magneto number one. This actually brings Chris Claremont back to the Marvel Universe writing the X-Men. And this is going to be a big Magneto story, which is going to set the tone. I'm sure he's going to go back to being villainous again. But it's also going to have a backup that'll run across all the other X-Men Black books that'll feature an apocalypse story. Let me ask you this. Talking about Superior Octopus number one coming out. Yes. Where would you put um, Dr. Octavius? Because it seems like in the most recent history, they've kind of boosted his intelligence, at least to me, it seems like that. I mean, I, he's always been a smart guy, but. But even more. I so. think so, even more so. Where would you put him amongst the, the, the most intelligent people of the DC or the Marvel Universe? Because I, I always put Reed Richards at the top, but. Yeah, I think it's Reed. Um, well, an octopus has eight limbs so i'm gonna make him the number eight smartest person oh. and i like that because he's still gonna have that drive to be better and he's still gonna have that arrogance that he's smarter but he's not because that's the tough thing about these things like to me reed is smart in multiple intelligences mm -hmm. number two is bruce banner because he's also smart in multiple intelligences but not all of them, as many as Reed, then Hank for number three. Wow, you put Hank up that high? I yeah. mean, he's one of my favorite characters, but I would not put, I would not put him above Octopus. No, I would definitely, I would, because to me, again, he knows more about, I feel he knows more about robotics than um, Octo Octopus, Oct Oct Octavius Oct does. You know, so that's how I would, I would put him up there. So that's how I'd have my top three. And then, you know, I, I put Peter at like probably, oh man, but you know what? I forgot Dr. Doom. Nah, I don't. I think. I think probably yeah. Doom four, Peter number five, Tony number six. I mean, there's a lot of heroes in that list that you're saying. That's true, and I, I guess I am being biased. <laughs> you know, I, I lean more towards that category. Sure, he's got to be in there somewhere. 
But you know, it's tough because like I think about when she was first created, she it, correct me if I'm wrong here, but she was the female Black Panther that they had running around, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if when they first created her, they were boasting her as a very intelligent person. Oh, okay. I mean, yes, you know, like, and even then too, like, obviously they're very smart. They're great tactical leaders, but I don't think even Black Panther was as smart as he is. Like now they've made him that much more, you know, because before it was just Wakanda was a very great nation that was hidden. Well, I, I remember, I you think know? I remember from reading his original story, maybe I never read his original story, but reading about his original story is that, he had the degrees from the Ivy League schools, also. Right, that's true. I guess like they the did doctorates state that. and stuff. So, so and yeah. in the movie, she even when when she says she's like, "Oh, you know, your first design of the of the Black Panther suit was okay. It's good, but this is better." Yeah. So well, to me, to me, I feel like she definitely got a facelift, kind of like how Tony Stark did, where it's like all of a sudden, "Oh, you're smart in everything," you know. When it was no, they were specialists in a couple of things at best, you know. So I feel that, you know, again, because of the movies, they got boosted in their intelligence when I don't feel that they were in the comics. Okay. All right. So because even you could, I I would argue Hank Pym is smarter in the movies than he is in the comics. I just, I felt that way. Really? I feel like he's smarter in the comics than he is in the movies. Yeah. I don't, I guess maybe just the arrogance makes me feel like he's smarter than or something. uh, Like, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's probably the better way. I think obviously, I think in the, in the comics, they definitely play him up more as an adventurer, as a Indiana Jones type, as opposed to just a scientist that they play him up in the movie. But yeah. that's because I would assume that's because Michael Douglas is older. Oh yeah. Well, and with them choosing to go that route, even because yeah. they could have like that would have been your Indiana Jones character. That would have like, been great. Here's yeah. You know, here's the man in the ant hill and doing all these crazy things. Which now that makes me think because I know you always sell Hawk Hawkman should have been that way. Yeah. There's a great team of Carter Haw- Carter Hall and Hank Pym. Oh, that would be great. Buddy book. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Huh. So now you could see Ray Palmer being like, "What the hell? I'm supposed to be his little buddy." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so yeah, I just wanted to know where where you would you would put Otto Octavius, especially now with his boosted intelligence. Like, you know, I think ever since creating the device that allowed him to switch bodies with Peter Parker, he got a real intelligence boost, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I definitely say so. Because yeah, before he was he was not that smart a dude, and now it's like he's actually you know outlived death yeah. and you know all this malarkey. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Let's talk about one of the big stories that came out last week uh, at, for what we've been reading this week. Heroes yes. in Crisis number one. What an issue. Like uh, One thing I want to say is I don't remember reading anything else having to do with uh, Clayman's art, but I do love his art. I thought oh, yeah. it, uh, his, his uh, drawings in this, um, were, were, his pencils were pretty, pretty amazing looking. Uh, obviously, Tom King, writer. Yes. Great great stuff <laughs> uh man the little bits of sanctuary that i've been seeing throughout uh all of dc comics for the last three months like definitely come to a head here in this first issue and i was not expecting the two big deaths so if anybody who hasn't read it this is gonna be spoiler for heroes of crisis right now but uh it's been out for a week so you should have read it by now Yes, this is on your head. <laughs> the two big deaths that happen, uh, I mean, a lot of people die in this oh, yeah. in this book, but the two big ones uh, for characters that, you know, just about everybody knows uh, happen or at least are shown 
pretty early on in the book. I was, I was surprised. Be, yeah, I, was like, I felt like like last page like an issue two and four, big name death, not the top deaths in the first issue. Yeah. So Wally West, the second flash. Oh, third flash. Third flash. And Roy Harper, uh, Speedy, Red Arrow, Arsenal, whatever you want to call him, uh, also died. Both, yeah. both, um, same room, dead together. Yeah, both same room, dead together, and in the institute called Sanctuary. Yeah. Essentially, as we come to find out in this issue, it's a sanctuary or it's an institute set up by uh, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman for heroes that are having essentially to deal with PTSD, yeah. some form of PTSD. Or maybe even substance abuse, like you have with uh, Roy. Roy's case. Yeah. In Roy's case, um, I mean, I guess the idea of of traveling between dimensions, traveling through time, having to deal with uh, family members either existing or not existing, depending on what you do, <laughs> uh, having to keep your identity secret from people that you love—all those things take a toll on the on the superhero brain. And this is a place where they can come and cope, or talk, or you know, do whatever do whatever you need to do. Also, come to find out that I, I don't know. Do you think that they also have villains there? Because we know Harley Quinn is a member, but she's one of those on the line now of being a villain and being a hero. You know, and that's tough. I think they are selective of which villains they invite. Because to me, go back to uh, Tom King's Batman, mm -hmm. that Poison Ivy story where she took over the whole world. Oh yeah, I think she got sent to Sanctuary. I don't, I almost want to say she did. Yeah, so I feel like she's there. Um, if we cheat. And we use Doomsday Clock. You hear the bad guys talking about it. The new tattooed man is talking about like, yeah, did you hear what happened to the first tattooed man over there? No, that ain't right. Mm. You know, so I think they do have some villains there, but it's almost like, okay, you're a kind hearted villain. Like we understand why you robbed the, like it's like Sandman from the movies, you know, like right. how could Pete forgive him? He's the Sandman. You're not going to well, see jokers you know, there. Yeah, you're you not going to see, gonna those see black jobs. Um, Lex Luthers and, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, you won't see those villainous, villainous ones, but you'll see the ones that are like, hey, I was given an opportunity to better my life. I chose what I chose. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of uh, Flash's rogues you might be able to see there. Even though yeah. most of them aren't like, aren't criminally insane. They they aren't, they aren't in need of mental help. They're just kind of bad guys that need, that are trying to, they're just, they're essentially just bank robbers with better equipment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that's how it used to be. What was it? Gambini, wasn't that the guy's name? He was the tailor, and he would make all the, right. the stuff because that was when they – I loved that villain, Replicant. Mm -hmm. So he wound up wearing the one suit that would, like, copy everything. And it was like, oh, he's the ultimate rogue. <laughs> uh, okay, so then you come to find out that well, – and it, it starts off with Superman investigating the incident that happened before the book starts – uh, do you feel like they should have had a run up to or countdown to Sanctuary or Heroes in Crisis or you know some some kind of book that deals with stuff beforehand or do you like this just abrupt start? Well, I guess to me, like I kind of felt like I do have that because okay, with the book really opening, it was Booster and Harley. So like I feel like I know why they're in those places because oh, okay. Booster is dealing with his wedding gift to Bruce Wayne. Right. And like, he's just like, Oh my God, I just came from an alternate world where everything was God awful. 
So that's where he's kind of shaken. Now he's gone. Why is he outside a sanctuary? Harley shows up. And to me, Harley's kind of dealing with the whole, you know, poison ivies locked up and, you know, I couldn't do anything to help my friend. And, you know, she's just, she's an emotional wreck herself. I mean, she's a doctor who still fell for the same tricks. So I kind of felt like I do because I've cheated. I know why why Wally's there because I read Flash War. I right. know, you know, so I kind of feel like I have that, but I do wish they would have done it better because like you are reading Green Arrow, you should have had that. Like you should know why Roy's there. Oh, we kind of do. Oh, okay. It, it does it does kind of show up in like uh, the most recent issue of it, it definitely doesn't do it as well as they did in like the Batman books, which it's unfair because Tom King is writing those books and this is a Tom King story. Yeah. So he's had, he's had plenty of time to amp it up. The most recent issues of Green Arrow, you have, uh, I think I explained this last week, Ollie's sitting there talking about how, hey, uh, I'm going to tell Roy about this box that Martian Manhunter gave me so that I can stop the Justice League whenever I want. And then you have Roy come, like when he goes up to say, hey, I need to talk to you, Roy's like, yeah, I should have told you about Sanctuary. I've been going there, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, well, I'm glad you've been going there. You know, it's a good thing for you. And you need to, you know, whatever you need to do to get yourself better. So they put it out there that, hey, Roy is a member. He's gone. He's been going. He's, he's still going kind of thing. And thus, the very next issue that you see is Heroes in Crisis and Roy's now dead. Yeah. Yeah, real. I, okay, so I guess I missed that one. So I, but what you're saying is that if you read the books, if you read the actual comic books, then you do have the, the run-up to it. Okay, yeah. I just felt like maybe you should have had one or two issues that kind of gives you more of the backstory to Sanctuary in general. Uh, and you, But that's maybe that's that's what Tom King's going to do in, in the Heroes in Crisis book in yeah, general. maybe it explains, like, okay, well, why, why Superman, Batman, and Wonder Why did they... F- why did they find this place? Why did they make this place? Mm-hmm. You know, because like, if you look at what I found interesting were the variant covers. So some of them are files and mm-hmm. they have a picture on the front. And the first one is the death of Superman. Another one will be, um, Batman getting his back broken. Another one will be wonder woman snapping max Lord's neck. And another one will be Hal Jordan killing the green lantern Corps. So it's, it's interesting that it's like, okay, well, why was this set up and how did they get to evaluate it? Because like for Hal's sake, you know, nobody ever talked to him about like, Hey, are you okay after taking down everybody? Cause even with rebirth, you know, they kind of, everybody dances around the white elephant in the room. They don't go after it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's asked him like, Hey, what was it like being the character, the spirit of vengeance, you know, like turning gangsters into cheese and grating their immortal souls. Up, you know, <laughs> like what was that like? <laughs> You know, so you're right. It would be neat to do something like, you know, like I guess maybe that's what Tom might do in his story. Because I was thinking back to Identity Crisis. It was a story within a story. Right. So we understand why the heroes were after Dr. Light because there was a prior engagement. Right. So maybe we will get that. Yeah. And later. I think that the I think most people are saying and we've kind of come to that conclusion, too, that this is the the biggest equivalent to this would be identity crisis like this. Oh, yeah. It has that feel of the heroes having to deal eternally with the uh, internally. I'm sorry, with uh, their their problems and, and how it affects the rest of the hero community. Um, I also find it suspect well, I don't know about suspect, but I find it interesting that the two big deaths are two sidekick heroes, I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Um, I mean, obviously, Wally has been his own hero for a very long time, since Crisis on Infinite yes, Earth. 1986, yeah. Um, 
and Roy has been on on his own for a very long time too. But it's not Ollie that's dead. It's not Barry that's dead. It's and these aren't and those two aren't the ones that were in Sanctuary in the first place seeking help. Uh, some of the other characters that we saw dead are uh, a, a, a kid sidekick by the name of Hotspot. Well, yeah, first the first death you see is Blue Jay. Blue Jay. Now you see him shrunk down, and the birds are actually feasting on his carcass. So he's, uh, I mean, he's shrinking down. Does he have white dwarf technology, like from? I don't know if he has it like the Adam. I think it was part of his natural ability. So set. he's like a mutant. Yeah, he's, a me- he's a meted. Yeah, I think he was. That's his meta gene. Um, so you have him discovered there. Then Superman flies up, and you see Hot Spot. I think it's Lagoon Boy. They do say Lagoon Boy. Okay, Lagoon Boy, and then Steel, not the John Henry Irons one, but either Citizen, Sergeant, or just Steel, but the very red, white, and blue one. Right. Uh, A member of Sanctuary's probably staff. And then a lot of people kept trying to point out, like, oh, I guess like if you look like somewhere on that same page with Superman. Oh, yeah. So it's the page where we see Superman hovering over, and he's using his telescopic vision to see hotspot in those folks you do see a green lantern symbol underneath superman's left arm so it's like oh well who's the green lantern that bites it you know so oh i didn't be, i didn't catch that yeah somebody brought that up and it, it's real minute and i mean th- that's the tough thing about this because with it being so kind of tucked like even though it's a dc universe event it's still small enough that it's its own story so it's like, is that, you know, maybe they'll just write it off and be like, oh, that was one of the alien Green Lanterns. It could be. But, I mean, if you go off of just the idea of Roy and Wally, then it's probably Kyle, right? Yeah, because it's those it's third generation, the, right. next generation heroes. Um, which kind of makes me feel like they're just eliminating that <laughs> that section of comic books where I started. <laughs> I uh, wish we had Connor Hawkback so we could take him away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... If if it uh, if they are kind of doing this where they're getting rid of that era of of superheroes, how I mean, what would what would have been the mandate? What would what what do you think that summit meeting was? I guess honestly, it's the the undiluting of heroes. Oh, because I remember there was a big meeting. I mean, I wasn't there. I guess I, I remember reading articles about okay. a big meeting. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, why aren't Wally West and Kyle Rayner successful? Because you can't tell their origin story without going back to Barry or Hal. Like, tell me the origin of Dick Grayson. Oh, his parents were killed. Okay. So you could technically get away with telling his origin without having to tell me about Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, the big seven, you can tell their origin stories. But when it comes to heroes like that, those legacy heroes, that's the trap. But that's the ba- that's the unimaginativeness of it because Wally, you know, inspired by his uncle, chose an altruistic path which led him to gaining superpowers. Kyle Rayner, a young artist, good man with a good heart, was chosen to be the torchbearer. You know, like they could do it because it's like, well, you know, then how do you not explain the origins of Hal and Barry without referencing Jay and Alan? You know what I mean? So I I feel like it's like Roy, he should be able to be, his origin could be explained. But again, he's always been such like, 
and I mean no disrespect, but he's been like a non-character. Because mm-hmm. like I said, we were even talking about this in our own personal time where it's like, yeah, how the hell does Roy end up in the care of Ollie? Yeah. It's just there in the golden age, you know? What are what are uh, Roy's greatest moments? Well, being screwed over, you know? It's like, oh, during the hard-traveling heroes, he's a junkie, you know? Um during the 80s when he was part of Action Comics Weekly, it was to go rescue his daughter that he had with the villainous, you know. Then finally when he does make it to the big time, hey, he's Red Arrow. He's grown up. Well, no, we're going to have Cry for Justice come along and just fuck him sideways. Kill his daughter <laughs> and lose his arm. Yeah, you know. Now, that's something a lot of people were talking about too because did you feel – Cry for Justice. Do you feel this would be that story would be along the lines of Heroes in Crisis and Identity Crisis? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say it was in it would it would be in the same vein uh, because Cry for Justice is it, it's another one of them having to deal with the fact that they did something as heroes for the betterment, but it didn't it wasn't a good thing, right? Yeah, that means justify the ends, right? Justify the means, but going down the dark path for an altruistic reason. Yeah, okay. So it's it's yeah, it, it kinda does, but I mean obviously this one I you couldn't see where this is gonna be construed as this is a bad thing. This is heroes trying to find help for other heroes. Like they're trying to step up and be like, hey, we live a hard life and these, these guys need someone to talk to. That's not just other heroes kind of thing. Or, or if it is other heroes, just they need someone to talk to. Well, they really do. Cause I mean, you think about all the emotional stress that they put to, I mean, cause okay. Something that could link Roy and Wally is their fathers without children. If we go on a that's true, yeah, you're right. scheme, I don't think that'll happen, just because you know that's that's way bigger than the story should be. But you never know what it could be. So bringing that up, when we had rebirth, or yeah, yeah, when rebirth happened, well, I guess fifty two and then okay, rebirth. new fifty two, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a you get a Roy that has that isn't missing his arm and didn't have a daughter, right? Yep. So this that Roy ends up dying in this. Do we get a Roy pre-52 that comes back? Because that's what Wally was. This Wally is supposed to be the pre-New yeah, 52 the pre, Wally. Yeah. So we can't really get him back. But but he's also a speedster, so time kind of flows around those guys for whatever reason. Um, I mean, how is Iris going to deal with the fact that her the, the nephew that she just found out that she had, again, is now gone again? Yeah, right? Like, that's why, like, I'm bummed that I missed this Green Arrow. Like, I'll read it, but I wish I would have been able to pick it up. But, like, I want that Flash issue. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it going to be? Because can you imagine the guilt Barry's going to feel knowing that, like, oh, I recommended Wally to go there. And then Iris is going to be like, I just got him back just to lose him. And Iris is probably the voice of the fans where it's like, yeah. we just got him back just to lose him. That is know? crazy. You got to wonder, because, I mean... That was a big part of Rebirth. Jeff Johns bringing back Wally West, being like, "I missed him. I, you know, I wanted that legacy to back, and then all of a sudden, bam, gone." Yeah. Tom King's like, "Nah, <laughs> we don't need him anymore." <laughs> well, I mean, I, I trust in Tom, so, so I, do I'm, I. I'm gonna be in for a good story. But it is just interesting. It's like, man, Tom, you're a warped individual. Like, why did you choose Wally? <laughs> What's going on here? But again, it's gonna make us buy issues, which is great. What do you think of Batman like constantly in Superman's ear while he's quote unquote investigating the the crime scene being like don't touch anything you know he's like literally <laughs> trying to get control of a situation that he has no control over i like it because that to me is them 
You know, like I mean, Superman's not dumb. Right. You know, I mean, he gets portrayed that way, and he's but he really is also not. more emotion than. Well, that's true. It's like it is Batman. one of those moments where it's like he might, you know, do something. But I, I like that because again, like okay, yeah, Superman is emotional, like you said. Okay, well then, how's Batman emotional? He's controlling. Yeah, you know, you're right. Like that if is I how can't he... control my emotions, and I got to control you. I got to control which, the rest of the world around me. Yeah, you know. So I like that. Now, something, I, one thing I wanted to pull up to talk about. So the the page where we see, I guess the robots that are dead. To me, I feel like those robots look like Mom Pa Kent. Oh, they definitely look like that, you know, and I, that's 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 Superman's influence yeah. on the whole thing. Like he's you like, know. hey, you know, I was I was raised by these two uh, farm workers, and I came out great. Let's make that kind of thing for them. But now I'm real curious though, who is the third robot? Like the lady. I, yeah, but like is it maybe Lana Lang or something like that? I don't know. Could be Lana. It could it could be someone from uh either Batman or Wonder Woman's history. Oh, you know what? Maybe maybe because of her dress, I wonder maybe like maybe well, it almost looks like regular street clothes. I don't know. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's that's a person. But I find it interesting. You see that blue splatter on the wall, and then the phrase, the puddlers are all dead. And then they said something about the puddlers. Uh, it's a reference to history. It's the ones that – I forget what, the, what they say in the book. I know. I was just trying to remember what it was, too. It's, um, it's, it's the ones that – Forge the iron? Is that yeah, what it was? that's right. These are the people that make the weapons. So by puddling it, they purify it. So they take. That's all right. The, they took the impurities out yeah. of it. So they, that they're calling the 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 workers at Sanctuary the puddlers because Something they're taking that, yeah. the impurities out of the heroes. And then the blue, yeah, the blue paint. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I mean, to me, I find it okay. Well, maybe it's a form of symmetry because Blue Jay is the first character we see dead. Maybe so it ends blue on blue. I don't know. Um, and even then, I found Blue Jay's costume way different than it's usually been because that was the one character when you and I were texting about the cover, the Clay Man cover with all the heroes on the front. Oh, and I was like, who is that guy? Yeah, He's that's right, Hawk yeah. Man looking. And usually, Blue Jay has like a different bird scheme outfit to his mm. so yeah but i don't know like i mean i'm excited i uh, this was a bigger first issue than i thought it was going to be yeah like i feel like they put a lot of cards on the table that i was surprised they just didn't play close to the chest well then there's the big other reveal that is comes that does come in the last page uh for the second story that's in the story is the you, we have the fight between oh booster gold uh, booster gold and harley, harley quinn. quinn and booster i mean we, I, I would say us as readers were sitting there like, oh, Harley Quinn's evil again. She's become a bad guy once again. Yeah, she's just doing her Harley bullshit. Right. Uh, but you come to the end and, and Booster's like, hey, you killed all those people at Sanctuary. And she goes, no, you killed all those people. And that's that's kind of how the book ends. We're, we're under the impression that Booster lost his shit and shot up the whole place. And uh, we didn't even say that earlier. The whole place, everybody died because of uh, a mass shooting. At yeah, Sanctuary. Yeah, it definitely looks that way. Which, route. to me, seems like that's a big oversight on Batman's part to not have security at that point. Like, how, <laughs> does, how does a person with a bunch of guns get in there, for one? And then how does a bunch of people who don't, that have superpowers get killed by, by mere bullets? Like, I, I know that sucks because people in our world die all the time from bullets. But we read comic books and we think bullets aren't going to do it. You need that special weapon. Yeah. Well, you know, and maybe maybe it is tackling that. So Marvel, 
and I screwed up here. I can't remember. Maybe it is that Champions 25, which just came out today, or maybe it was in the Miles Morales Spider-Man book, but one of them deals with an actual school shooting. And so how do the champions, how do the younger heroes deal with it? So maybe this is Tom King's way of saying, okay, you know, because in that, the, 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 whoever wrote it or, or the article or the, the solicit, but it's like these are places where those things shouldn't happen. Right. So no one's on their guard. And so, yeah, so nobody's on their guard. I like how you mentioned it's probably like, oh, maybe they have a power nullifier there. So that way it's like, okay, you know, if Harley does snap because we're trusting her, if Pamela Isley snaps because we're trusting her, this power nullifier won't let them go too far. Right. So maybe somebody takes advantage of that. It's like, well, yeah, but you can't nullify a gun. Nope. But the gun can nullify you, Mm you know. So, yeah, but no, hell of a first issue. You know, like I am, I hope this stays on published schedule. I, I, I can't wait to. How many know, issues is it supposed to be? It was originally seven and now it's going to jump to nine because there were two specials and they just decided to say, heck with it. Let's fold it into the main series, which is smart because, you know, it, it kind of, I think they learned from Grant Morrison uh, when he did Final Crisis, you know, it's like you had those two extra books, Submit and Resist. And it's like, yeah, just call it Final Crisis 6 and, and 7. Yeah. Don't do this whole like 4.5 and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, all right. So Heroes of Crisis, number one, we both recommend. Very good book. Very good yes. read. Uh, we'd love to hear your theories on that. Yeah. Now let's get to our main topic. Well, let me let me oh, mention one sorry. one quick shout out. So Spider Geddon issue zero was out there, uh, and I know Spider Man for the PlayStation Four fever is intense. So if you needed to escape your console, but you still want to get that Spider Man feel, pick that issue up. If you are a fan of the Otto Octavius Superior Spider Man, pick that issue up. Spider Geddon issue zero was a great primer issue. It introduced us to some of the players and it was fantastic like i promised myself because i screwed up with spider-verse i i was gonna collect it and then read it and i unfortunately didn't do that so this time as a piece comes out i read it yeah that issue zero was great like for me like the 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 four books that i sat down to this week um doomsday clock extermination spider geddon and heroes in crisis awesome like two major events from the two major publishing companies hell of a wednesday wow (laughs) All right. Sounds great. Uh, but like I was saying, we're going to get to our main issue for the the week. We're going to talk about the Midnight Suns in Marvel. Yes. So I, I mentioned this one to Mitch. I was like, oh, let's let's do this because we were we were both agreeing to do um, some talking about, you know, supernatural spooky type stuff. And I wanted the Midnight Suns because there's a um, it turns out creators are fans, too, which I love when they do that. So on Greg Smallwood, who is a writer and artist, on his tw- on his Twitter, he tweeted out this just amazing image. So it's a bunch of the supernatural characters of Marvel up on a rooftop with the building in the background, and it's just Midnight Suns. So it looks like he's got Doctor Strange, uh, uh, Hellstorm, the son of Satan, uh Hannibal King, Moon Knight, Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider, Punisher, and Blade. And I think, let's see, characters. Yeah, no, I think that's the whole lineup that he chose. And I was just like, that's freaking badass. Like, 
it's awesome. Like, I want that book to happen. I thought at first it was a book that was going to happen, and I was like, sign me up. But unfortunately, that's just him being like, this needs to happen. And he's right, it does. Because, again, you know, Punisher and Moon Knight and Ghost Rider, they have books consistently out, but they, you know, oh, my God, we made it to issue 25. That's fantastic. And then they tank. Could you imagine now if you said, okay, let's put those books out and let's put a crossover book with all that and then every now and then have a crossover? You're going to guarantee now you'll make it to 50 and beyond, in my opinion. Right. So it uh, Midnight Suns was uh, the crossover, or was it the Spirits of Vengeance? I'm sorry, uh, you just, you so just okay, so yeah, so we, we we I I know I had a hard time trying to research this. So back in the I want to say early '90s for sure, Danny Ketch was introduced hard and fast in the Marvel Universe as the brand new Ghost Rider. Uh, we did not know at the time what his ties would be to the original Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze. And what was going to go on. So eventually Marvel decided, hey, let's answer that question. So Johnny Blaze comes along and, you know, you have a former spirit of vengeance. You have a current spirit of vengeance. And you've got a whole slew of comic book characters that can be supernatural. So Marvel decided, okay, let's create a crossover called Rise of the Midnight Suns, which will get all our spooky superheroes to come together. And then basically to help sell more comic books, you already have Ghost Rider with his own book. I think Johnny Blaze was either fresh off a miniseries or he's about to get one called Blaze. So then let's do, hey, let's do Ghost Rider and Blade. (laughs) Or Ghost Rider and Blaze, the spirits of vengeance. So in the way, obviously, younger creators when they were in the 90s, we all have a tough time trying to remember. Was it the Spirits of Vengeance or was it the Midnight Suns? So it sounds like the story was the Midnight Suns that took place in the crossover issues of the Spirits of Vengeance. And I don't think really either of them have been an actual team, but well, we have this fondness for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Wikipedia is calling the Midnight Suns the team name. <laughs> yeah. And they're saying their first appearance was August uh, 1992, Ghost Rider Volume 3, number 28. So just over 26 years, uh, 26 years ago. Yeah. So uh, that first team, who were the members? Okay, so your original team, you had Hellstorm, the son of Satan. Jennifer Kale, uh, if I remember correctly, she should be like the mom or a maternal figure from the Ghost Rider series. Oh, I thought it was the. Is that not the the girl from Man Thing? The well, the female oh, character man. in there. Okay. Oh no, I, th- I apologize. Yeah, I think you're you're right. Uh, I just remember Kale was a big name in the Ghost Rider family, but you're right. She was the one. She's kind of like um, oh god, what's his like? Kind of like um, oh Hugh Jackman played that character. Uh, Van Helsing? Yeah, like a Van Helsing type. So oh, okay. Oh, hunting, and I remember from the Damnation book yeah, now. Yeah, hunting the monsters and stuff like that. Uh, Morbius, the human vampire from the Spider-Man comics. Werewolf by Night. I don't know how he's a superhero, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a guy who's cursed and it's like, all right, nighttime is time to go fight crime. I was going to say, that's one character I really don't know anything about. Like, I know Moon Knight came from Werewolf by Night, but yeah, it was, he's just straight up a, a, a guy who's been cursed with, like... He's different than Man Wolf, which was John Jameson Jr., right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, to me, honestly, I felt like I've, in my opinion, I felt like Werewolf by Night was basically like, hey, Marvel got the license to do the old Universal monster characters, uh, so let's do the Wolfman, but 
you know, well, that doesn't sound as cool. You know, like, how do I make Nova sound like a, a male, a masculine superhero? <laughs> the man called Nova. There All right. Go. How do I sell the wolf man? Werewolf by night. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a book created just to do that. Right. You know, obviously, they made him a Marvel character. But, yeah, that's my interpretation. And then lastly, the, the bigger members of this book, Ghost Rider Danny Ketch and at the time Johnny Blaze because he didn't have the spirit of vengeance in him. So that was your original dark lineup. A lot of leather dusters and dark sunglasses. Well, that was the '90s too. You know, they needed a lot of there needed to be a lot of fire, chains, and dark leather. Like that was the '90s. (laughs) I could just like imagine like the colorist is like, "Fuck, do you know how much black sharpies I'm gonna have to buy (laughs) for this book?" (laughs) Black and dark blue. Yep. Uh, Okay, so of this team. Which is the, I mean, obviously, Ghost Rider is your character. So those, those oh, were yeah. probably the ones that you know the best out of, out of that team. Yeah, those, those are, that's why I just stumbled upon that. And it'd probably be the reason, it'd be the reason why you wouldn't even have this team. Like, because they're the most noted characters of the team. Like, you, people might know of Hellstrom or Morbius and, or even Werewolf by Night, but you don't really know. They don't, they're, yeah. they're not characters that are going to be carrying books on their own. Exactly. Exactly, because like when this event happened, that's what kind of led to the spin out of like, hey, let's try having a Mobius living vampire book and, and whatnot, because the, they, they just reprinted it. So if you want to, you could go get the rising, the rise of the Midnight Suns trade paperback. And but a lot of it is what spun out those books. So those heroes could get their own, you know, miniseries and whatnot, because looking at it, the rise of the Midnight Suns, that crossover set was Ghost Rider, Volume 3, Issue 28, Spirits of Vengeance, Number 1, Morbius the Living Vampire, Number 1, Darkhold, Number 1, Night Stalkers, Number 1, and then even then, it's weird, it goes Ghost Rider, Volume 3, Number 31. So it's like, well, why not 29 and 30? What would happen there? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that book, that storyline, that crossover event, basically helped launch you know, the Marvel scary verse, you know, it's kind of like almost like Marvel Knights, you know, where it's like, hey, let's let's put this team together and see what happens. So what who was the big what was the big event? What was the, the thing that they had to do in, in this crossover event? So if I remember correctly, I know they, they really started playing a lot with uh, Ghost Rider uh, taking on uh, Mephisto and even the son of Mephisto. Uh, blackout so basically it was like okay you know you have Lilith and I think later on they reveal that that's actually Johnny Blaze's wife Um, so Lilith is basically like okay you know what is she going to do to take over the earth so she has her demon children so she creates Pilgrim Nakota Meat Market and then Blackout and Blackout's the one we actually saw in the Marvel vs. Capcom video game so he was the most popular one to actually kind of go out so those were you know those were her like children or her her henchmen to go about it so they would basically go run around and torture people kidnap people kill them and whatnot so most recently you would say that uh they had two books that dealt with uh this team um one was their its own book which was called spirit of vengeance and the other book came out right after it was Damnation, which was a big crossover event starring uh, Doctor Strange as his main protagonist. And they had the Midnight Suns team show up in that. I mean, essentially, it was them getting back together again. 
Um, yeah. So the Spirits of Vengeance team, the that book came out first, and that was the idea that. Well, I mean, do you remember what the idea, the the story behind that one was? So basically that team kind of played with the idea. Yeah, like, hey, we've got these mystic set of characters. What should we do? So the angels and demons meet like, I don't know, either once a decade or a century or something like that. So they meet and they meet as earthlings on the earthly plane and they barter out a system. So somebody took the 30 pieces of Judas' silver and forged bullets so that way they could kill people. And basically it's like, hey, you know, shots fired. So then the whole trade is going to go crazy. So one guy who has a bullet manages to make it to Johnny Blaze before he dies and it gives Johnny the bullet. So Bull, Johnny's like, oh, shit, you know. So he winds up finding other heroes, Blade, uh, John Hellstorm? Damien Hellstorm. Damien. I, don't, I still feel for it. <laughs> Damien Hellstorm, the son of Satan, and Satana, the daughter of Satan, and those two are brothers and sisters. So the four of them basically have to stop these dirty angels and these even dirtier demons from screwing up the whole way the system works. Because the idea would be that, yeah, if they, they were to have the their big battle again, it would be on Earth and the, you know all the humans would have to pay for it. Yeah, so we would be screwed. <laughs> so then right after that story ends up, uh, we go right into Damnation where uh, Wong, you know, fearing for Doctor Strange's life, you know, being a good friend, puts together... Well, I guess, I mean, technically, Doctor Strange gets kidnapped by Mephisto after he brings about the resurrection of las vegas after the yeah, events of secret empire of, yeah, yeah that's right so uh with the the resurrection of las vegas you have mefesto's uh casino i forget what he called it oh that's right he yeah he whatever it was the circle of hell or yeah something like that yeah. dante's inferno i think so it Maybe was definitely what, themed off that, yeah I think, yeah uh, the idea, yeah, he the he gets he brings it back, but you know also comes with all the demons and stuff of hell. So uh, Mephisto takes him. Wong brings together the Midnight Suns once again to defeat all the demons that are attacking Las Vegas, and you get Blade, uh, Moon Knight, Doctor Voodoo, uh, Doctor Voodoo, that's Elsa right. Bloodstone, Elsa Bloodstone, Man Thing, Man Thing. Oh, Man Thing was part of the team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Iron Fist, Moon Knight, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider. So, at the end of that storyline, you have uh, Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider, taking the the throne of Hell. Yeah. He, he usurps uh, Mephisto to essentially in the 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 event. Yep, yeah, exactly. Johnny Blaze takes over hell, and then Mephisto actually gets left in one of his hotel rooms in that casino he made, mm -hmm. which is interesting. I should have mentioned that. Well, I guess perfect time for now, but in that Thanos Legacy book, mm -hmm. we actually see Thanos goes to that hotel room, and he's slapping around Mephisto. Wow. He's like, Don't be fucking shit up anymore, because <laughs> that takes part of the whole Thanos wins storyline. I mean, obviously, that. he has to give the power of uh, the Ghost Rider to Frank Castle at some point, so he has to be outside. That's of exactly the... why. Thank you. Okay. I couldn't. I was like, why would he done that? You're right. He's like, I think that's what he does. He's like, you ever heard of somebody named Johnny Blaze? Yeah, of course I know. He's like, Don't fucking or no. Yeah. Do you know who Frank Castle is? Uh, no, who's that? Don't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so we, Thanos doesn't want. Uh, he doesn't want Cosmic Ghost Rider to exist. Why? Well, because okay. So in he, that he whole ends up Thanos, his lapdog. well, but in that whole Thanos wins world, uh -huh. he doesn't like the way he becomes. Like oh, he doesn't like himself. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, what's the best way to defeat that? Just kill that whole timeline. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, so it, and it's all Donnie Coates, or if I'm saying his name right. Yeah. So he was the one who was like, Psh, I write this shit. I'll do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay. 
so then uh i guess I mean, the next question we I mean, obviously we have uh this whole spectrum of supernatural magical marvel that we don't really touch i mean you get to see yeah. thor which if you want to consider that magic or not you do, you can i always consider it the interdimensional alien stuff so it's just a you know it's more science than it is magic but you do have characters like um uh, dr voodoo and dr strange and those are definitely magical or once again that could just be another planes of existence like how they kind of explained in the movie i think um just tapping into other uh other planes but then again dr voodoo is very much voodoo magic so where uh where would you see who would you if you know they came to you and said hey we need to make midnight suns a, a thing again we want that book you know five issue mini w- who's who's the five members you're going to have on the team all right so this and i actually do want this to happen i'm going to try to compose a big tweet okay and talk to all those guys and be like i need i need this mystical thing cuz after seeing that 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 you know creative fan art like i've been right like, like I, I want this to happen so so the creative fan art was by oh god i just had his name um give me one second here but this is a writer writer greg artist. smallwood yes greg uh, smallwood he's greg smallwood he he was the artist for marvel's moon knight and uh so yeah he put out a tweet and he was like here's the midnight suns this is what i would do and i'm like i wholeheartedly support that um so okay so let's say i get to write this with him or whatever or yeah so i'm gonna cheat because you're only giving me five so that's tough because i want more (laughs) so this first mission is going to be basically to save the soul of johnny Mm blaze so that's how i sneak in my sixth character so that way i get my ghost rider now i loved that doctor strange damnation event that was great uh, it got me to buy the Doctor Strange books. It gave me a lot of characters that I missed. And it gave me some new characters that I respect and like. So for my team, I'm going to do, I'm going to steal from what they had. So I'm going to take Man-Thing because he's going to be the answer for like my teleportation and how we can move around. Right, yeah. He also has that interdimensional ability. He's tapped into everything. So that'll like make it easier. So my artist doesn't have to draw planes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he just has to draw planes of existence. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, Man-Thing's such an interesting character too. I never understood the whole uh, burn those who who know fear it's yeah like, those who know fear will burn at the touch of the man thing it's like everybody knows fear like yeah. is it just like you fear man thing like is that it th- i guess I, I guess like i don't know the, the way i've always kind of seen it is the man thing like the way he's drawn you ever notice how powerful his eyes are uh-huh. so in my interpretation i guess that's innocence so you're guilty you see that pure innocence, that's where that fear comes up. And that's why you burn at his touch. So if you're legit, pure and honest, and you've done nothing wrong, and you see that pure innocence, it won't affect you because you have nothing to fear from it. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know that's goofy and long-winded about it, but that's just kind of how I felt it was. Like Just trying to figure out, why is he drawn that way? Why does he look that way? What's this about him? Because, I mean, I've seen Man-Thing appear in other books. I mean, well, there they, was, I was going to say, there was something rec- very recently that I read where man thing grabs captain america and he doesn't burn and he's like yeah i don't fear anything or something like that like oh, i don't have that yeah. kind of fear and i can't remember what it was because they man, captain, oh i know what it was it was uh weapon h like hulk oh, okay. hulkarine hulkarine or whatever you call him was fighting man thing 
and uh, they were, you know, they were fighting, and but then there was like a school nearby that was in danger, and Captain America shows up and is like, "You're both villains. You're gonna kill that school. You're gonna kill those kids." And then you, you, you know, then Hulk, Hulk Vereen is fighting Captain America, and then he's <laughs> like, "No, no, I'm, you know, I'm also a soldier. We're we're good guys." And they they go and help. He's like, "Ah, you're right." you know, young soldier, I should never have just judged you off your looks kind of thing nah. at the end of the book. So that well, that's, was, that's putting the stamp of approval that way. We're like, Hey, can we get six more issues? Yeah. <laughs> that's Captain America. <laughs> stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair enough. So, yeah. So I want man thing. So he's going to solve a lot of those problems. Plus he's my powerhouse, you know, because even though I know they're mystical beings, I'm probably not picking a lot of mystical beings. Right. So, I am going to take uh, Elsa Bloodstone. I thought she was really cool. I just I liked her attitude. Um, so to me, she's very much. Um, oh man, uh, Hugh Jackman played the part. Uh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing. So she's like my Van Helsing. Yeah, so I'm going to have her. She's going to be the one who knows all the urban legends, all the stories, knows what's real and what's not. You know, stuff like that. Like it'd be funny to have like a scene where like somebody's like, "Oh, what are we hunting? The Slender Man?" And she's like, "That's an internet meme yeah. or something." You know, like she knows all her stuff. Um, because I, I just like I said, I really liked her. I thought she was a great character. So I want her to be like pure mystical, you know, shaman in that regard. And then I want Ben Riley Spider Man there. Now, obviously, I'm attached to that character. I like him, but I like putting him out of his element. I thought it was kind of neat. And again, this could kind of continue the redemption of his soul. Or you know, as as we've been talking about, you know, he's talked to death. He's been dealing with a little bit more supernaturalness. So I like that. Yeah, he's very much on the the edge of supernatural magical stuff right now. I mean, obviously, he's known Doctor strange right. as peter parker or even pr- probably as this short time as peter parker himself yeah but um he would be the one that would, that would make the crack of oh we're gonna go after the slender man and she'd be yeah, like that's, like, that's, that's fake that's an internet meme you know? and uh he'd be like, oh okay well, never mind yeah but Ooh, yeah that, you. <laughs> it, would be, it would be great to see him like constantly getting frustrated by the idea that you know science doesn't explain any of this the, lo- yep. the natural laws of physics are out the window and that's what he knows that's what he knows the most so yeah exactly it takes him out of his gear house because it's like they see something happening and he's probably like oh let's get all egon on this here's how science can beat it and she's gonna be like no you idiot this is where you have to sacrifice a virgin and he's like what <laughs> well see then i would love it if they if if you did something like that but then he'd be like okay well let's break down why the you know the blood of a virgin would do it and he'd be like oh well you just really Really need this chemical that exists only <laughs> in someone that doesn't hasn't had sex or something like that, you know? Yeah. And then you just re- reproduce that, and then thus a new way of killing off this bad guy without killing a, a virgin. Yeah, like, there you go. I like that. I'm gonna we're gonna steal that. <laughs> See, like, because I mean, essentially, is, is what you. It's because you said Egon. I was like, yeah, come at this magic is through science, you know, kind yep, of thing. Exactly. So that's that's how he'll play into my book. Now, because of Spider Man, and 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 I really was surprised. I was reading in one of these articles. So Black cat had some time on the team so i want to bring her back and i've always felt that i i feel black cat is better when she's away from the spider offices like when she was in daredevil and she was dating matt and all that stuff i was just like oh my god she's so much she was way more exciting as a character and so i'd love to bring her into the book and now she's got her luck based powers now it's more of a scientific means how she got it like I think the Kingpin actually helped her, you know, go through an operation to get that and whatnot. But I'd love in the book that we can reveal even further down the line. It's like, no, she, you know, it's not just a secretion of, of 
uh, pheromones and, and, and stuff like that. It's actually, no, this is a mystical item that's been in. No, oh, I mean, you could totally yeah. rewrite that story where it's like, yeah, there was a surgery, but it was a hybrid of magic and science that gave her this power. Maybe it was even a mythical creature that, get, you know, that they put uh, an organ or whatever into her to to make it so that this magic or this luck based power existed. Yeah, exactly. So I and I think maybe that would be the one where Ben is like, no, her powers are all natural, and that's where Elsa could be like, all right, you may have got me with that virgin chemical, but actually <laughs> this time. So that way the tennis match still keeps happening. But then I like that it's Felicia Hardy because she did date Peter Parker at one point. Well, this is an edgier Peter Parker, you know, a different Peter Parker than she's used to. So I think that'd be neat because I kind of want to create a little love triangle between Elsa. Elsa, Black Cat, and Ben. So I think that'd be fun in that regard. <clears throat> and then my fifth member of the team, I'm going to go with Moon Knight. Um, just because I, I think he'll be the one who can lighten up the book. You know, he'll wow, force Moon Knight is be, the, light, yeah, <laughs> the one that lights up the book. we are. <laughs> but, you know, I, I want him to bring in those those funny elements. I just like the way uh, Donnie Coates wrote him in that crossover. And plus, I think it'd be neat, and this is where it might get me some flack from the, the fan base of Moon Knight, but I'd like to play with the idea that maybe it's not mental illness that gives Moon Knight these different personalities and whatnot. Maybe he's actually possessed. It'd be like Robert Downey Jr. in that, what was that, was that movie, All Souls or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in I was Dreams? Like, no, I don't think it was that. Uh, but there was the movie like in oh, the Oh, Heart and Souls. Yeah, Heart yeah, and Souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, I remember what you're so. talking. Yeah, that's, that kind of is the same thing. Yeah, yeah he's so there we go. <laughs> possessed by uh, multiple people. Uh, all right, that's cool. I mean, I I don't, I don't know. Who who would I want five people to be yeah, on the team? Who's your team? Uh, I would love to bring Blade back. So I, I would love to see that that on there. Um Who's my? I mean, I, I'm pretty much just going off of what I saw in Damnation. Uh, who else would I love to see magic based? Well, let's do it. Let's do it this way then. All right, who's your science based guy that you put on a mystical team? See, okay, so I would love to see Doctor Voodoo. Like he's a doctor. He is a doctor. He, right. You know, Jericho Drum. Uh, if I'm remembering that right, let's see, uh, is it Jericho? Yeah, Jericho yeah, Drum. Because drum, the other because drum is his, his brother. brother. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would I would love to see Doctor Voodoo. I mean, one time Doctor, he's the one time Sorcerer Supreme of the Marvel Universe. Why not? Why not? Right? Yeah. Uh, but then again, that that doesn't do the same dynamic that you had with uh, Ben Riley because he's not in there talking about like uh, this doesn't make any sense. He knows all this stuff makes yeah. sense. So. Uh, Hank Pym? <laughs> maybe get my Hank Pym to go in there. No, I, I don't want Hank Pym on the team. Um, so Blade, uh, Doctor Voodoo. Mm, how about oh, how about I throw in um, Nocturne? Uh, oh, Nightcrawler's daughter. Yeah, because she has the teleporting power. Yeah. So there's my transportation, like like nice. you got. Uh, and I, I mean, I mean, I guess. Well, okay, that that depends on do you do. You, fall into the category that Nightcrawler gets his powers from angels and demons or is it because he's a mutant? Oh, see, I, I feel he's a mutant. I've always felt that way. Cause like, I remember, I think it was Alex Ross's earth X mm -hmm. where he tried to explain that Belasco was basically Nightcrawler of the future coming back to haunt them. I just didn't like the taste that it left, but I think like, why not? Why couldn't there be a mutant with mysticism involved? 
I mean, that's you know, so yeah. maybe Dark uh, Darkholm Raven uh, Mystique, maybe she did practice in the dabbling. Well, as as Azazel, his father is, well, is go, supposed yeah. to be a demon. Yeah, so it's a demon with a mutation. Yeah, there you go. So uh, and then she, because she's even kind of like a little multiversey, right? Because right, yeah, she's, she's from not the from the Age Sim- of Apocalypse or something like that yeah. isn't, world, isn't she? I think something like that. Like she, she's. She, I know she's not six one six. She's not six one six. Yeah, maybe it was one of those like Ages of Apocalypse or something like that. But that'd be cool because now you now. Oh, your book can go other dimensional as well. There you go. The, the idea of, oh, so then if we're going other dimensional <laughs> and you already got Ben Riley, can I bring Kane onto my team? Oh, totally. So there's your, uh, your outsider, the one that doesn't believe in any of this magic <laughs> stuff and has no idea what's going on. Uh, and then my last character you know what? I will bring in. No, I don't want to bring in. Guess another science person. I was gonna say Morbius, but I was like, no, nah, we already got a science person. <laughs> but I was gonna see like how that Kane and Morbius dynamic plays off with each other. That would be fun, right? Uh, who would my last person be? Uh, give me, give me an Asgardian. Who would who would be a good Asgardian to be on there? Sif. Oh. Yeah, Sif would be fun, right? She kind of would be fun because she's powerhouse. A, she's, yeah, she's a powerhouse. She lives in some of this stuff, but she lives on the good side of the tracks. Yeah. Now she's got to play on the bad side of the tracks. Yeah, I don't know why Lady <laughs> Sif would be bumming around with these guys, but let's, let's let's find out. Well, maybe in your story, maybe somebody raids the 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 treasures of Odin. Oh, and so she's tasked with finding some of the pieces that are there. I, I don't even know where the Asgardians are right now. Are they God, alive? Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> they're always Asgardians of the galaxy. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there, there's my five person team. I like that. Uh, yeah. All right. They're interdimensional and magical. So you know, you'll probably get Doctor Strange popping in every once in a while. You'll get. Uh, well, I would like that because I kind of like the idea. Somebody mentioned it or somebody, or maybe, uh, but I would like to play Doctor Strange in that book. But he's like Oracle. Yeah. You know, he's Oracle. And then I want to deal with the fact that Loki finds that out. And he's like, fuck, anytime I need these people to do my bidding, I come to them as, I am Doctor Strange. Oh, that's pretty good. So he can use them on different missions. Um, you know, and like eventually I would love to make that roster grow because that way, you know, I could put some writers on there. And Is whatnot. there a Frankenstein in the... Marvel Universe, I know there is in the DC I remember there universe. was a Frankencastle. There was a Frankencastle. So <laughs> I imagine there's got to be a Frankenstein, right? yeah. yeah. So I mean I would you would you could start up those universal monsters again on in the in the Marvel universe and like have them either be a competing book or be a competing team kind of thing. Oh yeah, I would think that would be neat because like honestly, I'm glad we were talking about these because that got me to be like, oh, I forgot about the Sentinels of Magic. Like I don't know, there's just something about taking those ragtag losers and just putting them on a team and it's like without us losers your world would have ended yeah you know? yeah so you're I right think that's we've that's saved cool. the world many times over uh okay so we got a little bit uh information on the midnight suns and where they're at where they've been is yeah. there something else you wanted to well, throw in there? So let me see. So obviously, if you want to go out there and you want to learn some more, read, 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 of course. So Marvel has done you a favor, and they've been reprinting some trade paperbacks or finally putting them into collection. So I would recommend go out and buy the Rise of the Midnight Suns trade paperback. It is entrenched in the 90s, but damn, it's good. It's just like, here is your just crazy bat shit bananas wild stuff so that was fun uh with the venom movie coming uh they did a spoof of the title the spirits of venom 
So now this has the spirit of vengeance coming after Venom. So I think that's just cool because Eddie Brock is a devout Catholic, but he's a running around eating people's brains and murdering. So now you have the ultimate, you know, the Reaper coming to sow. True. So I think that would be a great one to pick up as well. Uh, I would say pick up the new... Um, uh, Spirits of Vengeance trade paperback, which has that four issue miniseries we talked about. Uh, it felt like there was hint of more to come, so it I really would, did. I'd, I want more to come. And then, lastly, I would say pick up the Doctor Strange Damnation. Now, be careful because there's two trades out. One is the Doctor Strange, which only has the Doctor Strange issues, and then there's the Damnation, the complete one, which has everything: the Iron Fist parts, the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider parts, Doctor Strange, all the issues. Mm. Uh, actually, as we were broadcasting i bought it off amazon i was like you know what i can't believe i didn't buy this so i got a good deal there so i recommend totally get it okay so there you go there's some reading that you can do some uh uh, back story that you can catch up on uh next week we'll try and do our own version of uh, we're gonna take the idea of the midnight suns and then send it on over to the dc universe so we're gonna take those those ragtag heroes we're gonna give you more john constantine <laughs> we're not just gonna have the one of them and we're definitely gonna try and make it so that it's not just just league dark exactly we want it to be the the unsanctioned team that has no rules that's right uh okay so if you have any input on that or any of those things we talked about today we'd love to hear from you i'm on twitter as mitchipedia g-e-r and I'm on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.